Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks so much for listening. If you are brand new, then welcome. I'm glad you're here. I want to talk to you today about one of the behaviors that we participate in that ruins our relationship with food and it damages our self-trust and that is telling ourselves little white lies. We use language that diminishes the accuracy of a behavior or a circumstance and it seems really innocent and if you were telling the story to someone else, it would probably be very innocent but when we tell these stories to ourselves then it sets a precedent. It sets an example that we are okay with letting the little things slide without acknowledging them. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't let things slide. You absolutely should. You know that I am always teaching about self-compassion. What I really want you to kind of take away here is not that you need to be unkind to yourself or beat yourself up or that you should never let yourself off the hook. Instead, I just want you to be willing to notice when you are being untruthful to yourself and how that impacts the whole of what you're trying to accomplish. An example of this is saying, I ate my dessert on the couch and it was totally mindless. Now, if you have been following my content for a while or been in one of my coaching programs or worked with me one-on-one, you know that one of the things that I really work with clients on doing is sitting at the table, undistracted, being very mindful and conscious about what they're eating. So while it's not that big a deal to eat on the couch, if what you are trying to do is eat more consciously and mindfully and pay attention to your body signals, then eating on the couch would be something that would be a bit of a big deal because it's breaking a commitment to yourself and saying, it's okay if I don't work on this this time. It wasn't totally mindless, right? What really happened was you got out the ice cream, scooped it out of the container, grabbed a spoon and walked to the sofa sat your butt down. And at that point, if you went mindless, it was a choice. It wasn't a mindless act. It was a decision that you made in full consciousness. And then you dissociated from your consciousness in order to shut down the voice that told you that you were already full and that you could eat more later, or that you are working on this thing called mindfulness and When we have that little nudge of, hey, you said you were going to do this other thing, it's so tempting and easy to shut that whole thing down in order to break that promise. Another example would be, I felt like I did so good during the week that I deserve to eat this on the weekend. The reason this sneaks in is because you're still trying to diet your way through the process of working on your relationship with food. So you're not eating what you really want during the week, or perhaps you're serving like little portions, tiny things that aren't actually satisfying at all, just to say that you're including the foods that you enjoy, but without the impact that you're afraid the food will have on your body. In other words, if you are trying to improve your relationship with food and trying to give yourself permission to eat all foods, 
And then during the week, you're just like, well, I'll just have a little tiny bite. And then I'll say that I'm working on my relationship with food. And I'll say that I'm allowing all foods, even though I'm having a very diety portion that almost feels like it can't count. And then that's such a grind. It's such a struggle that on the weekend, you feel entitled to make up for your good behavior, which actually isn't good behavior at all because eating is just eating. It's neutral, not good or bad. You feel like you've earned the right to overeat these foods since you only had a small amount during the week. But this doesn't actually make any sense, does it? When do you ever earn an instance of overeating? Don't you actually deserve consistent and satisfying amounts of food that don't encourage overeating due to a deprivation mindset? And the last example is, I better snack now because I'll never make it to my next meal without it. Now, this is just drama language. This is rarely the truth. The snack usually consists of some kind of treat-like food that you normally don't add or you don't add enough of to your meal, and then it's in your environment and you feel justified to have it because of the mental gymnastics that you have brought into the mental conversation of saying, well, I'm just really hungry, or my next meal is several hours away, so I better just eat now just in case I get hungry. The way you can tell if you're being honest or not is to check in. Check in with your body. Are you hungry? If yes, then you should eat. If your meal is still actually hours away when real hunger strikes, then of course you should be eating something. Either eat to take the edge off or by moving your meal up a few hours. It's not that big a deal. But what usually happens is that we have a food thought that is triggered by a desire to procrastinate or fulfill some other emotional need. We have just a few bites and that turns into a large portion because you've had a screw it, I've already messed this up moment. This would still not be a big deal except now you aren't hungry for your next meal. But you have an emotional reaction to the thought of skipping it due to your conditioned belief that you need to eat at specific times or maybe you're having FOMO because you aren't eating with whomever you usually eat with at that time. Thinking of skipping due to not being hungry brings up the same fear that you'll get hungry and you can't eat later, rules that don't exist by the way, or that you're being restrictive by skipping a meal. Even though, by your body's perspective, you've already eaten it. All of this is just little whispers of lies that have been programmed into your mind by diet culture and by food rules and past restriction, bringing up all of these fears and scarcity around food. When in reality, if we were just willing to check in with our bodies and listen to them then we would know whether or not we should be eating and there would be so much less drama about it because we wouldn't be missing out on anything. Now, I didn't say that you need to shame yourself or be unkind in order to make progress in your relationship with food. All I said was you need to be honest. Saying things are habit, mindless, something that came over me, all of those things sound better than saying, I knew what I was doing and I decided against my better judgment. The reason it matters has nothing to do with whether or not you eat the food. It matters because it's these little things that fly under the radar as harmless 
break self-trust and diminish self-confidence for when you have to deal with things that are harder. We get frustrated and resigned because we are doing so good and nothing is happening. We are working so hard and we're not seeing results. Then we feel like we are broken. So tell yourself the truth always. And then just make a decision about the snack from that place. No judgment, no shame, just very clear choices. That way, if things are not going the way that you want them to go, you know what needs to be worked on. When you tell yourself little white lies, it's almost like a big eraser goes in and takes away the circumstance and situation that you're going through. And when your time to check in, evaluate, journal, assess, whatever it is that you do to tell you whether or not you're making progress on your goal, when that time comes, you don't even remember all of these things because you've essentially gaslit yourself into thinking that you're just working your ass off and all these little extras don't matter. Of course, it feels better to blame some unknown and all-powerful force than to fully engage with our eating choices and learn what they mean. But deep down, you know better. You know you're shitting on the truth. This is one of the reasons why it feels so hard. It's unlikely that you find being painfully full a pleasurable experience. And yet the part of you that eats in order to fulfill an emotional void or tolerate an uncomfortable situation is overriding your logic. If you are really willing to say that food isn't bad or good, that you aren't bad or good for eating it, and that you weren't in a rush to meet some arbitrary timeline, if the process was really something you were willing to just let happen as it happens, and that food was not something special that you'll have to give up eventually, then there's no reason to be dishonest with yourself about the food or behaviors. When we are being dishonest with ourselves, there is something underneath that. There is something we don't want to face. We don't want to hold ourselves accountable because there is discomfort either in acknowledging the behavior or acknowledging that the behavior has to change in order to make any sort of appreciable progress. And if the behavior actually has to change and we don't have anything to replace it with, we don't have a new coping skill, we don't have a new way to talk to ourselves or a new belief system, then we feel very empty. We feel a little bit lost and that can be really scary. But when we tell ourselves these little lies, we never have the opportunity to sit in the discomfort of knowing that something needs our attention, that something needs some extra work and some love from us. So when you're still finding yourself making excuses and acting as if something outside of your control is happening to you, the real issue lies in your emotions, not the food. When you tell yourself that it's okay to do this, you are in effect giving yourself permission to avoid the lesson. Just to be clear, it is okay to snack, overeat, or do things outside of the habits that you're trying to create for yourself. No one from the food police is going to knock down your door, but I still don't recommend that you tell yourself it's okay just to avoid the disappointment. You can be disappointed without making it mean something is broken about you or that you suck or failed. 
I recommend that instead of saying it's okay and shutting it all down, you tell yourself you're willing to figure it out. If you're willing to say it's okay, then remind yourself that it's okay to be disappointed, not it's okay to lie to yourself. Feeling disappointed is a valid emotion for when you don't do the things that you say you're going to do and that you know would help you get to where you want to go. Disappointed helps us start to examine why the behavior started and why it remains so that we can address it for good. When we bypass this process of feeling our uncomfortable emotion, we shoot ourselves in the foot because we keep excusing the behavior away without figuring out why it keeps on showing up. Without figuring it out, our journey feels much longer and more difficult. It's hard to keep the energy to continue when we're making the same mistake over and over, excusing it away as okay until the next time, of course, and then wondering why at the end of a year, we still aren't making any headway toward our goals. I'll start tomorrow. Just one bite. It's no big deal. This is the last time. Picking up my toddler's plate isn't eating. Eating out of the pan while cooking is fine. I'll be sitting down to eat soon anyway. I'm still hungry, even though you're not. I shouldn't have this food, so I'll eat it now and then never again. I'll make up for it. And so on. All of these little teeny things that we say over and over to ourselves, starting tomorrow, starting on Monday, this is no big deal, it's just a little, no one will notice, I can't waste food, it goes on and on forever. And all of these things are ways that we bypass the disappointment and discomfort of telling ourselves the truth. Being honest with yourself doesn't require any self-deprecation. In fact, that would hinder the process and distract you from making progress. Often, it's a self-deprecation voice we're actually trying to shut down in the first place. Nobody wants to listen to that shit. Being honest with yourself is the ultimate act of self-love and self-respect. Even if you're unwilling or unable to change your behavior right now, shame-free truth-telling opens your mind to start the process. It begins to let ideas and alternatives in so that you don't remain feeling stuck. So just to recap, it is okay to stumble, make mistakes, and to let yourself off the hook with compassion. What you really want here is to make sure that you're saying that you are okay. You are doing the best you can. And because you are not a problem, you're willing to be honest and present long enough to figure out what is. Only from that place are you able to start making some changes in your life that actually stick. All right. That is all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please do the cool thing. Leave me a rating and review. It helps so much more than you know. I will make sure to put all my contact information in the show notes. So if you want to screenshot this, share it on social media, tag me on Instagram. I would love to come and say hello. You can always shoot me a message in my email inbox and let me know what you thought of this episode, what you took away, and what you're going to do to put it into action right now. All right. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.